Welcome to Nostalgia, the pop culture podcast where we have deep conversations about superficial things. I'm your host, Nicole Tremaglio, and each week my guests and I deep dive on the parts of pop culture that made them who they are today. If you like the show, please follow, rate, and review on your platform of choice. Watch us on YouTube and Spotify, and subscribe to our super fun newsletter at nostalgia.substack.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Nostalgia. I am extremely excited today because I have a very special guest. It's my friend Nora. And when I say friend, I don't say that in any kind of casual way. I mean like uh, we have been friends now for over 20 years, taking it back to <laughs> middle school. <laughs> I've never felt old. I feel very young at heart and I feel like Nora absolutely does too. So we're going to talk about really all of our shared interests, the things that brought us together, the things that keep us together in culture and art and music and all the things that we love. So welcome, Nora. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I love you, Nicole. Yes, I've known Nicole since I was 11. 12, I think, I don't think we were mm -hmm. friends until we were 12, but we were in the mm -hmm. same middle school. We were in the same classes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and you yeah. were always so cool. I was like, oh, this girl, she's got it. She's got it going on. I want to be friends with her. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, same here. It was like, we went to middle school and growing up in the early 2000s, and especially this was like the peak of bubblegum pop and the that kind of pop explosion, which we loved, but also we really bonded over our upbringing with classic rock and mostly our love for Queen. We were also big fans of the Beatles, and I just have a really core memory of going to your house and your parents had a record player and put on the Beatles and we just danced around the house to the Beatles. And I'm like, yes. I could only do this with Nora right now. Oh, and it that was, makes it me was so happy. So special. Yeah. Beatles is a big deal with my family. Like we grew up doing that same thing. Like we would put on a Beatles record because my dad and my mom both grew up when the Beatles were still coming out. And like, uh, it, it we would put on, um, what is it? Um, just their oldest albums. And we would dance along with my dad and like my mom. So Beatles. Yeah, absolutely. Queen, you and me and Queen. I think mm -hmm. I just like I, I remember like talking to you about things and just being like, OK, she gets it. <laughs> she understands. Yeah. I mean, with Queen, it wasn't even just like, OK, you know, you start with the greatest hits. Then you work your way through the studio albums. It was like the deepest of the deep cuts. We could have so many immediate inside jokes because of the relative obscurity, <laughs> like the level that we would both go to. And I think that especially as, right, like literally kids, that was something that is, I don't want to say unusual with any kind of negative connotation, but like it was just a way where you're like, wow, I feel and you know, you don't really have the verbiage at the time to say it, but you're like, wow, I feel seen and understood by this person because we connect over this particular piece of culture that is not particularly popular or resonant with other people. 
That's right. And you know, it's so funny because I, there's so many artists from that time period when we were in high school. So that's probably when we were in high school and we were like really listening to like pop music, right? I did not listen to pop music. I was like, I'm too cool. I listen to Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> I'm so cool. Like, wow. I know. Like, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. It's it, <laughs> To me, I thought I was the coolest kid, but obviously I was just like, I don't like pop. I love pop music so much now. And, and, mm -hmm. and I feel like I missed out on the high school thing. Uh, I feel like I, I could go into so many stories. Like the only time I remember really listening to high school songs, pop songs back in, what was this? So like 2004 through 2008. Okay. Mm -hmm. Was prom. <laughs> yeah. Dancing to get low, you know, you gotta. Um, mm -hmm. And then also um, going tanning. Tanning was a big yeah. thing when we were in high school. It was like, oh, you yes. gotta be tan. That's why Jersey Shore always made sense to me. I'm like, they got, they understand my high school. Everyone had to be tan. There are certain songs that I specifically associate with going tanning as well. Do you have any? Yes, definitely. Um, oh, um, Sexy Back. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that playing while I'm, and okay, so Nicole and I grew up in New England where it's very cold in the winter. And, and we're getting ready for prom by going tanning. So we'd go to the mm -hmm. tanning, this shitty little, I'm sorry, this bad little tanning <laughs> you place. You can say shitty. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> and, it, and it was, and it truly was. That's what the best was word it? to Tommy's describe it. Tommy's tanning? No, it wasn't Tommy's. It was the one tropical was, or something. I went I don't to know. South Beach. South Beach. It was just this yep. little one. I don't know, but like the smell of vanilla and like tanner just brings me back there and i do remember just like when you're in the freezing and i'm someone who deals with like seasonal affective disorder and like you are um you're tanning in the thing you just feel so good also you're mm -hmm. getting skin cancer so that's a problem mm -hmm. my mom found out i told her i was <laughs> i told my mom i was getting spray tan she found mm. out I was getting real tanned, like suntanned, like with the with the thing, with the bed, and she was so mad at me. She was so mad. I I she she couldn't. She's like, you're gonna get skin cancer, and she's probably right. I'm sure I have. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all over my body right now. <laughs> yeah, I think when my mom found out, I was probably like, I'm Italian. I'm supposed to be tan. Italian. <laughs> that's the thing. When, that's what I'm saying about Jersey Shore. Like when Jersey Shore yeah. came out, it's like they're all trying to get tan. And then when I went to college, everyone got into Twilight. And everyone was like, mm. no, you got to be pale now. And I'm like, what do I do? You can't, very, you can't win. You can't win. The song I think of when I think of tanning is Beautiful Liar by Shakira and Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Yes. And y'all, so here's the specific. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about Shakira. No. No, <laughs> I'm in love with Shakira, but honestly, I'm one of those people that's like, I only like her Spanish stuff. Mm, I'm a, yeah. I'm a little bit of a, uh, of a Shakira snob. If you would, yep. if you'd say sixth grade, I had her pictures. I printed them off of my, my gateway computer printer, you know, and, oh, and, put, and put them in my locker. And I'm sure people were like, oh, she, she likes women. She loves Shakira. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, of course I love Shakira. What? Why would who you doesn't love, love Shakira? First of all, who who doesn't love women? Like she was so mm. beautiful, and like yeah, I used to. Li that's how I learned Spanish. Is I I would mm -hmm. listen to her Spanish CDs, and they were 
one, she's wonderful. She was like the Spanish, like, I would say she was like the Colombian, like Alanis Morissette mm. in the beginning, in the beginning. Yep. And then she yep. kind of, you know, she went on her own thing. Yeah. I think that that was an interesting time too, like in the early 2000s when you had a bit of this like Latin pop explosion as well. I've always been a huge Enrique fan as well. And uh... <laughs> you remember that? And do you remember that Enrique song with uh, Christina? I, for, I forget um, it, but Rick, I bet I could Ricky sing it. Ricky Martin and Christina. Oh, Nobody wants Ricky to Martin. be lonely. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be lonely. That's what I was thinking. Oh, crap. Okay, that was Ricky Martin. I, that's horrible of me. Um, Enrique did his video with the tennis girl who he was dating at the yeah. time. Yeah, Anna Kornikova. <laughs> That's why you and you and me, Nicole, like we we get each other. We we know those cultural like references. Yeah, so silly. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Me too. And a huge moment that we shared throughout middle school was being in the talent show. That was like really important. I don't have any of that on video. Do no. you? No. That's the funniest thing. I remember people. Um, so this was what God, uh, two thousand one through two thousand four right middle school talent show mm-hmm. so we still had vhs tape players back then like like tape uh recorders that yep. would um yeah no my family didn't care that much enough to like <laughs> tape, to tape my they're like she's singing a weird song she's singing a weird owl song she's singing a song from rent Ew, i don't mm-hmm. know but i do remember parents having their tapes so someone out there has those tapes Someone out there, if anyone listening has the tape of any DePaulo Middle School talent show, please send it to us. And then please. the other thing that I'm looking for that you would be the only person I would know to ask is, because I joined cheerleading in eighth grade because of you, the mix CD, because we had a CD and it was six songs. And I might. One of them had our like our competition song on it, and the other just had songs that we would practice. And it was all of the like violently aggressive cheerleading music. <laughs> I we still, still remember, remember the, whole dance. the one song. It's like um, oh, it's raining men, hallelujah! Yeah. <laughs> it's raining men. Yeah. The funniest thing about ch- the, especially I had never like when I joined cheerleading, it was like oh this will make me popular. I I was not popular. No one gave a <laughs> shit. <laughs> It doesn't work, guys. Don't do it. So I was like, I, I'm like, I'm going to be a cheerleader and be popular. Didn't work. Um, but it was fine because I got to, like, you know, do dances. And then all of a sudden we yeah. got a new coach. When you came in, we got a new coach who was, like, really cool. Like, I'm not complaining. This is not a bad thing. She took, she, like, found you, some of the other girls, and, and like, did this whole choreography. And we were doing, I was a flyer, and I'm terrified of heights. It's horrible. But you, you like shined. I do remember that just being like so impressed. Like, oh my God, I didn't know this girl could dance. Like, I'm just trying to dance like Shakira, like move my hips a little bit. (laughs) You were hips don't lie before the song even came out. Middle school was a time. I'm sorry, guys. We went to middle, our first week of middle school was 9-11. Like, let's. Right. So that was something that, okay, I usually keep it pretty light on the show, but that was something that we wanted to talk about, uh, just about how like literally the first week of middle school for us was like September 11th, 2001. So how do you think that that impacted us as a generation? How do you think it affected pop culture? I saw recently someone saying like, 
don't you think it's kind of crazy how the week leading up to 9-11 like, was supposed to be like the best music releases and like glitter was supposed to get released that day oh, and like wow, all glitter. of this stuff oh god mariah carey oh girl um i i think about this all the time i don't know if it's because i'm a very sensitive person and i was i don't know about you i was pretty traumatized by 9-11 we literally like you just said we, it was a week into our first year in middle school so sixth grade yeah it was our first year in middle school i don't know if you remember what class you're in but I do. I do too. I do too. It's so horrible. But I think it has a profound impact on our generation. And and I guess you could call it like, yeah, millennials. But I do think specifically younger millennials. Just because mm-hmm. we were like, at that point, I don't think I've ever, I had ever seen a horror movie. I don't think I had ever seen a thriller, really. I had seen Star Wars, like, but that's nothing. And and to have a horrific thing happen in real time, I was in. Okay, so let's talk about what class we were in. I want to I want to hear what class you're in because we were in the same middle school. Remember, mm-hmm. I was in. Um, it, I don't know if you remember him, but he was an art teacher. He was kind of a, a jerk. And then we left that art class, and he wouldn't tell us anything. He refused to. We left the art class, and there was an announcement that was like. Okay, guys, you can, the buses are here, go home, and we mm-hmm. won't tell you why. Ask your parents. The problem is my parents work until like six o'clock. <laughs> so I'm home at, I'm home at like 12 alone, waiting for mm-hmm. my sisters to get home from high school and just like terrified, thinking that the entire world is blowing up. And I remember it being very confusing. And, and a lot of people have different, um, our age have different, um, experiences with that like they saw it or somebody like I've heard stories of people like oh my teacher brought in the tv and we watched it live I'm like no that's horrible I think I might have had a tv in the room no I think that I did because I was in um Room 69, I remember, in science <laughs> class. So I was I, I was on the same 30, side of the building 30. as you. You were on the front side of the building. I was That's on the right. back side of the building. And I was in science class. And I do think they brought in the TV. And I just totally did not understand what was happening. It looked and like I a remember, horror movie. It really did. It looked like a thr- like a like a apocalypse movie. And it was hard I to also- believe. I was also like with when you mentioned horror movies and whatnot, like I there was a certain movie that came out maybe a little bit earlier than that. And I remember seeing a giant poster of it in the Southington um, movie the theater. Cinema is, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just being like absolutely terrified. I don't know why, whenever I would see horror movie covers in Blockbuster, I would like I would feel not just like, oh, that's scary or oh I don't like it, but I would feel like visceral like absolute panic even as a child like I was just always anything visual like really really scared me and so um other than that I guess I'd never experienced something I I didn't even have that reaction when this happened because I was so confused and it was out of nowhere I remember going home and my sister was actually homesick that day from school. So my mom was home with her. So I got home and I just didn't really get what was going on. But you know, then we lived on a cul-de-sac. So the neighbors were out and talking and whatnot. 
And then I just remember that night, my parents were like glued to the TV and mm. watching what was going on. And I was like, oh, I just, I just want to like watch SpongeBob, to be honest <laughs> with you. I, I remember feeling very like avoidant about it um, because mm. I didn't really know how to react. Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what that meant. Um, and I grew up very comfortable in a way where like I didn't have to be political in any kind of way either and I didn't have to understand what it meant um you know for our culture and for our society and and also we you know we're from Connecticut we lived close enough where it was more of like a second degree kind of thing like everyone knew someone who knew someone who was there as opposed to you know we both lived in New York where it's like when you meet people from New York and they have a first degree connection, uh, it gets a lot closer. So I felt, I definitely felt a little bit removed and Mm. a little bit, um, insulated to be honest. It it was like this weird, like eye widening thing. Like all of a sudden you're like slapped in the face with reality and politics and geopolitical problems. (laughs) And also seeing something that looks like it should be in a Michael Bay movie. You know, like, uh, just explosions. It was so scary. And um, I was very cognizant of it. And I took it with me for a long time. I lived in New York City. You and I both did, actually. Mm -hmm. And I do remember the 10th anniversary. I still lived in, in Brooklyn. And they had, like, the lights. And I remember going up to my roof on that night and just like feeling it. And then I had to be like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Like I'm, it's hard and it was a scary experience, but there's a lot of scary things happening now. It's just very funny to me to like, I really want to tell, if if I had to tell one thing to Gen Z, it's just like, y'all, none of this is normal. Like Mm -hmm. none of this is normal. I'm sorry. Like all of these things have happened since we were kids and everything's ramped up all of a sudden. So all of these divisions, all of these horrible things that are happening, it feels like, like that's not normal. I don't know. It's very sad to to think of like my nieces and nephews who I love so much. I don't want them to grow up in this world. I want them to like have what we had where it was just like fun nineties. We like a uh, Tamagotchi. <laughs> yeah. You'd mentioned a little bit earlier how, um, you know, you were still living in New York. And so I recently rewatched the first season of Girls and of Broad City. And so millennial women in New York City in the 2010s is like our zeitgeist. And so I'm really interested to hear about, like if you feel like those things were, especially living in Brooklyn too, like if they were realistic or if they were not, or if you were to have made your own show about your experiences what would have been different oh god um okay so i'll preface this by saying i've never seen girls it was on i think it started when i was still in brooklyn so it was kind of like one of those things i remember it being a big deal and everyone was like oh god this is us <laughs> like it did feel it, it except that um i do believe that like a lot of those girls on that show were more privileged than i am i'm privileged but I'm not that privileged. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, so it, it that that was like, man, that was when hipster became a term. Like when I went to school in Brooklyn, like 2009, 2010, hipster became a big thing. Um, but from what I have seen of girls, it 
Yeah. That's Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn. I've had good times, bad times in Brooklyn. I lived there in different neighborhoods, lots of different neighborhoods, nice neighborhoods, bad neighborhoods, whatever you, you think that means. And, um, it's a, it's a whole, it's a, it's a whole, I don't know. Okay. So if I, another question you had was if I made a show about mm-hmm. my, my time in Brooklyn, it would be called, <laughs> it, it would be a, it'd be, it'd be probably just like girls. I think I would just be with, it would just be like the many loves of Nora because mm-hmm. <laughs> all the friend, all my friends, like I had so many crazy weird experiences when I lived there early, t- you know, late, late teens, early twenties, you're going everywhere. It was craziness, but now, yeah, I, I think it'd be different. Yeah. yeah. Two, actually two things that come to mind when I think of Nora's Brooklyn era is number one, when I came to visit you at college, this was maybe <laughs> freshman or sophomore year. That yeah. was the first time I ever took the subway in New York city. You met me at Grand Central and we went all the way back to Brooklyn together. And I'm like, oh, like, I never thought I would have moved to New York because people were like, well, you do fashion. Like, shouldn't you move there? I'm like, um, I don't, I shouldn't do anything. And you <laughs> I'll know do what? whatever I, I want. there on my terms. <laughs> so it was good. And then the other thing I think of was one time it was just like a random weekend and you texted me because you were at the same party or house or whatever as Toby from Degrassi. Oh yeah, he was at my apartment. No, he was at my apartment. <laughs> he, he, he stayed overnight. Yes, he Toby just from got Degrassi. married recently. Hi, he Toby. stayed at your apartment? Toby from Degrassi, I follow you on, on, on Twitter. You might still follow me, but you stayed at my apartment with a bunch of Canadian friends. I had some Canadian roommates and yeah, it was, he was really nice. He's a very sweet man. Toby. Toby deserves better. <laughs> Toby, de- you, see, you had the N. I didn't have the N, so I couldn't watch Degrassi unless it was at your house. We love Degrassi. So Degrassi and Queen and Zanga, like, I I was really obsessed with Zanga. We were both, like, very, well, I guess as, like, as an early adopter as you can be when you're, like, 12 or 13 years old. But, like, we were always on talking on aim we were always talking on zanga we're like you would write a diary entry basically like to your friends about yeah. all your inside jokes of school and yes. then we would see each other at school and so it was just this very it's i'm so reminiscent for myspace era because that truly felt like the best integration of digital and in-person life in a way that like people posture online now in a way that we didn't back then like it it truly was more i guess authentic's a buzzword but it's true in that like we were really just having different touch points with each other to stay in communication and it just felt like it just felt like there was this continuity that has not existed since it didn't feel so much like look at me look at me like i i do feel like people have that problem with influencer culture these days which I can understand. Um, but yeah, I think there were a few people who back in the MySpace days took advantage of that and were like probably the early in- Tila Tequila mm-hmm. uh, and um, <laughs> Jeffree Star. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> These all aged very uh, badly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, Tom from MySpace, he's still mm. hanging out by that whiteboard. Like he's still just like, uh. 
Uh, yeah. Shout out to Tom. MySpace felt pure. Like, nobody was trying to be... F- I mean, I'm sh- there were people, but I mean, like, most people were just using it not to get famous, but to just, yeah, like, have a a fun way to mess with your, to be with your friends and show your personality. And that was what a lot of the, I guess what you would call the early, it's not really the early, I guess early internet would be like early nineties, but I mean like mm-hmm. early internet, like the w- early social media. Mm-hmm. I would say it was probably like late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, I was on greatest journal, not live journal. Sorry guys. Greatest mm. journal, which actually shut down while I was using it. That's actually, that's interesting. Zanga, mm. you and I, yeah, uh, you, Meg, and I would write on our Zangas, which was, yeah, just like a blog thing, a personal blog. And we would write to each other and be like, first period, I did this, and I talked to this cute boy. Second period, I said hi to Nicole, and Nicole said this funny <laughs> thing. Nicole, do you remember that? And then, mm-hmm. and then I'd go to your, your entry for that day, and you'd be like, yeah, Nora, I remember that. <laughs> We would talk to each other. Yeah. It was really cute. It was so so cute. Yeah, because it was so pure. Yes. And yeah. I miss those days. Like, I was just talking to to Chris, my husband. I was just like, I'm so, I'm tired of the internet. I feel like there's days where I feel like it is the worst invention that has ever been made. But it's really just what people did with it. Because when we had mm-hmm. an early internet, that was when I was five years old, I got my first AOL address. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just like, it's just the way we use it. But I do miss those nice early days. Mm-hmm. I know. I do too. Um, okay. So another thing we wanted to talk about was like early memes and YouTube videos. Oh, I know no. that there are certain ones for me, whether it was like shoes or muffins or Charlie bit my finger, you know, things, a David after dentist, you know, those yes. things come to mind. Were there any certain early YouTube that you're like, oh, oh, kittens inspired by kittens was another one I love. Yes. Um, mine was because when, um, when I had, God, it was 11, uh, 10th grade, sophomore year. We had uh, iPods. It was like iPods you could put videos on. You had to download them onto your iPod. You couldn't just download, you know. And I would always get salad fingers. Salad fingers. <laughs> Who remembers salad fingers? <laughs> Who remembers? Yes, yeah, salad fingers. I'm still a huge fan. David Firth. He did salad fingers. And I remember one of our one of my friends. You probably know her, but she was one of my friends from from marching band. And she was like, "You got to see this." And I was like. This is the weirdest. I like weird stuff. So I was like, I'm going to show all my friends. That was one of the things I would put on my iPod video to just like show people that one. And um, salad fingers and then Charlie the Unicorn. I knew that was the other one you were going to say. Oh, I love it. Oh, and Adventure Time. Before Adventure Time Mm -hmm. became an actual TV show back in when we were still in high school. it, It didn't become a TV show until we were well into college. But they had just like a YouTube video out on 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 YouTube and I showed it to everyone because I thought it was the funniest thing. And I was so happy that they actually got to like make it into a real show. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. <laughs> Taking it back a little bit. I know that you love Disney channel original movies. So much. What, what are your favorites and what, oh, what one do you think was the most weird or obscure that you enjoyed? Oh, I know. Okay, I know the answer to that one for sure. <laughs> uh, but 
I'm so happy you asked this. I'm a huge Disney show. I remember when they started Disney Channel Original, before anyone, there was a, okay, I won't even get into it, okay? It was amazing. My absolute, I'll tell you my first. My first one was Under Wraps. That was the first one I remember <laughs> being a Disney Channel original movie and premiering. And I saw it when it premiered, obsessed. I have it. I have it. I have it. But the weirdest one that no one remembers, I've never met another person that ever remembers this one. It's called Can of Worms. And it is horrifying. Um, it's like these weird, like this guy like sends a beam up into space and it calls these aliens down. And the aliens are all these weird like puppets and they're horrifying and disgusting. And they, it's disgusting. It's really good for a Disney Channel movie. And, and, and we have that one, too. And we watch it. And, like, no one remembers that one. There's so many. Like, that one specifically. Stepsister from Planet Weird. That was a good mm. one. Pixel Perfect. People remember that one. But that, I think that one was right before High School Musical came out. High School Musical, I always view as the turning point for Disney Channel mm. merger. They were like, oh, this will get money. Let's just do that from now on for the rest of it. But right before yeah. that, everything was, I think, was better. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry, Gen Z. Yeah. But, ooh. <laughs> I, yeah, I loved, I loved Wish Upon a Star. Which that was, movie uh, taught me what a hickey was. Oh, my God. On Disney where, the, Channel. My favorite part is where the younger sister, well, I guess it's the older sister as the younger sister, um, shows up to school like in a dominatrix costume and dances Leather. on the cafeteria table Shame. Like, <laughs> oh my god your girl what was what's her name she was from uh what's her um so the younger one's name is danielle i forgot her last name but she ended up becoming a scream queen and has been in like a ton of different horror movies which is why i don't know her last name because i don't watch okay. horror movies and then katherine heigl was the older sister katherine heigl yes so katherine mm -hmm. heigl because i remember i didn't know that at the time no one knew who she was until she, right right she was on uh grace anatomy right and yeah mm -hmm. when she um when i found that out i was like oh my god that was my the 90s, that, that, I feel like that movie to me is second to Clueless in terms of 90s, like, popular girl outfits. There was, like, mm -hmm. a weird, like, she had, like, a blue pleather, like, two-piece with, like, a skirt that was, like, stiff and the, and then, like, a t-shirt. It was horrible, but it was I so I know exactly cute. what you're talking about. Okay, good. Good. I knew you would. Yes, I know. <laughs> the fashion in that movie was so good. I want to bring up that you have a lovely physical media collection behind you. And I'm in the midst of a physical media renaissance. I particularly see Nelly Furtado's loose CD. There it is. Amazing. And and as I told you before, this, this is my husband's. It's not actually mine. <laughs> if you want to see my CD collection, wait, let me get my CD collection. It's right there. But yes, Nelly okay. Furtado, this was like her big one, guys. It wasn't mm -hmm. my favorite. To, mm -hmm. to be honest, but um, this one, yeah. Maneater, Promiscuous, and none of the other ones that I remember. So yeah, Nelly Furtado's mm -hmm. there. There's a lot of good stuff back here. It's all like ska bands and and like early, like late 90s, early 2000s, like emo bands. That's but amazing. One moment. I have... Wait, yeah. do you have a CD binder? I was an idiot. Uh, well, okay, I was I was like 
14. And I was like, I don't need these cases. I just need the CD and I'll put it in a big CD thing. So I have two of these. So there's a whole nother one of these, but like, I will tell you, okay. So my husband made this for me when we were 14, late B-Day present Woot. Oh my and God. I um, love that you still have mixed CDs. I am an idiot. And I got rid of my CD binder that I used to keep in my car. Katie Rose. I don't know if no one will remember Katie Rose, but she was my girl. She had her song was a song that's playing when um, in Mean Girls yeah. when they they're at Overdrive? what's her faces. Yes, I have her whole <laughs> album and it's so good. I used to listen to it and like run around like away from my parents and be like, I'm so mad. Like I hate mm. them. Like there's yep Shakira unplugged. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, I've got Veggie Tales because, okay, another thing I don't know people if remember, but like LimeWire, mm-hmm. LimeWire, and um, like all those things where you could download music. So my sister would or my friends would just download the weirdest shit, and just like a random song from Rent that I ended up singing for my sixth grade talent show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veggie Tales theme song, Fish Heads. Uh, a song from The Simpsons, and and we just put it on a CD because that's what you could find on the internet, and that was about it. Yeah, uh, a lot of Beatles. I have a lot of Beatles in here. Yep, Lily mm-hmm. Allen, big Lily oh, Allen fan. Yeah. Shakira, Laundry Service. Oh, that that was the the breakthrough. Weird Al. Weird Al. I was obsessed with Weird Al. In I'm still obsessed school. with Weird Al. I'm still I, obsessed. Did you see the movie? No, the Weird Al I hate movie. myself. I haven't seen. Well, it was during the, it was during the pandemic. Listen, it's <laughs> it's free. I think on something. I have to watch it. I love. You have it. to watch I love it. Daniel Radcliffe too. So I'm really excited mm. to see it. Yes, I I heard he actually Weird Al saw. <laughs> speaking of Queen, he saw Bohemian Rhapsody and was like, "Oh wow, so I can make a biopic with no basis in fact." great uh-huh. <laughs> and decided to make his biopic with no basis in fact and like i've talked to a few people who are like i love bohemian rhapsody i've never seen it because i'm too much of a freddie fan i couldn't Good i couldn't see you. it i did see it in theaters what you think and um my dad saw it and i was scared for my dad to see it because my dad has an encyclopedic knowledge on queen you and i bonded i remember sitting at your you had, didn't you have like two desktop computers like facing yeah each we other? did we did have two desktop computers of, facing each other which person were <laughs> you we could only afford one in my family um mm-hmm. i remember going and we you would be on, <laughs> i would be on the other and yep. we would go into ms paint and like yeah. take pictures of you and me and Freddie and just like paste them together like early. We didn't know what Photoshop was at that point. Mm-hmm. No one had that unless you were a professional. I think of another queen memory we have too was we had to do a project where it was a group project. So you yes. would take one person from each instrumental group. So I played the clarinet, our friend Meg of my, um, Meg song Spotify playlist fame played the flute. Nora played the trumpet, and then whatever other people we could wrangle whoever, into our whoever group, we had to deal with, yeah. yeah. Whoever else we had to deal with, um, where we would compose a song of our choice, and then we would have to transpose the different keys so that we could 
complete the arrangement for all of the instruments to play. And we chose Love of My Life by Queen. Yes. And it sounded so, so bad. bad. So bad. Tell me your favorite, like, B-side Queen song. You know, not one of their most, mm -hmm. it could be somewhat famous. It could be on their greatest hit CD. They had two of them. So like, you know, but, but a that's lesser a question. Known. That's a question I can answer. I'm going to say the millionaire waltz from a day at the races. <laughs> I love that song so much. I love that song. Something about Freddie, just his voice is so beautiful and it just made me happy. I, I used to mow the lawn and play my CD player and I would listen to the greatest hits album. My sister played um, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the first time I ever heard. I remember where I was, literally on the road, where I was near my house, when my sister played Bohemian Rhapsody for my, for the first time. And I was like, what is this? This is heavenly angel music. She's like, it's queen. And I'm like, tell me more. And she played um, Bicycle. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, my, my mind was blown. I was like, this is me, this is me. I also like to ride bicycles. Like, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> so relatable. I feel like too, you know, when you mentioned how we would kind of like Photoshop ourselves in pictures and pictures and just like put random put pictures of Freddie in places. Where he has like this, he's riding on the <laughs> Superman and one of us would be the Superman. Yes, or like with the famous picture where uh, with Darth Vader, I would send that to you often on your birthday. And I remember this was maybe like within the last five years, I sent it to you or so I thought, but I think I accidentally sent it to someone else. And they were like, sorry, wrong number. Great picture though. And I'm no, like, Nicole, how did you get my number wrong? I've had the same number since I was 14. 2004, no. my friends, I've had the same number. No, I don't know what kind of like glitch in the matrix happened because, <laughs> and I'm not doxing your phone number, but, and I can cut this if you, out if you want to, don't but there's it. a song, <laughs> there's a song where uh, there's a phone number and it happens to be very similar. It's not the yeah, same, might know it's similar it. you might know to it. your phone yeah. number. But I feel like at least people our age, maybe I have one other friend who would know that song. That's the funny thing. Like that was before, technically before our time. That, that came up before we were born. And, right, right, and right. now, like, I think that happened more often back then. Nowadays, like, I, I actually give my phone number quite a bit for my job. I have to leave my phone number for a callback. And I'm always expecting someone to be like, oh, yeah, like the song. And no one ever does. And I'm really upset by it. I've had that thing for 20 years. 20 yep. years. <laughs> my first Wait. cell phone. Yeah. I think that's so funny because now we think or the default is like, oh, you know, you would think that people who are younger today, now that they have access to more information, they would be able to look up like, oh, that song from the 80s or whatever. But it's like, number one, they don't care. Like younger people don't care about a song that came out 45 years ago. Like they genuinely don't care. Yeah. And then also it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And so most people don't have that innate sense of curiosity that I think that we really did when we were younger, where like we would know a song that came out before we were born, you know, whether it was our parents' influence or the quote oldies radio station or Big D one oh three or whatever what was it? Big D Big D one oh three. Big D one oh three. I'm like, yeah, that big D. <laughs> Yeah, they like, since changed their slogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They like it's so funny. Like 
I don't know. Yeah, oldies, I guess. Yeah. It, I don't know. I feel like um, I've always had, like, a thing for older. Oh, and, you know, I think a big deal for me was I used to watch a lot of TV. I think you did, too. I used to watch a mm-hmm. lot of TV. A lot of it was VH1 and MTV. And this was still at a time where already people were like, oh, nobody, MTV never plays videos. They still did at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. when I was awake. So they would play videos there and then videos on VH1 in the morning. And so I've seen a lot of videos. They would also play behind the music. Um, I love the 80s. I love the 90s. I learned mm. a lot of my, like, trivia, like, random little facts about history, pop culture, from, like, I love the 80s. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it's really, I love nostalgia. I love to look back and just think, like, wow, wasn't this funny? Or, wow, this messed us all up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. I love to look at a lens like that. Yeah. I always call that examining the past through a contemporary lens because it's like, we know what we know now and we didn't know what we didn't know then. And so to be able to look at it both ways and be like, okay, these things, it's not even through the idea of like, oh, this was better or worse because everything is a product of its own cultural zeitgeist. Like every YouTube video or every like social media phenomenon, like it only could have happened like in the time that it happened. And even like the concept of nostalgia that I'm always thinking about, it's like, that was our nostalgia for Queen. Like we yeah. weren't there when we weren't they there. were at the peak of their popularity. Like we weren't there. And yet that was something that is truly, truly like formative for us. Mm-hmm. Um, And so to look at it and, you know, I realized this, this kind of came full circle for me when I was standing in line in Target a few years ago and there was this kid with a My Chemical Romance t-shirt and I was like, he wasn't even alive for that album. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like with a Fleetwood Mac shirt on of an album that came out 12 years before I was born. So I think it's so funny that, um, you know, young people just want to like find their own way and like take the things that resonate with them and as much as like you know now being the generation who's old enough to see the completion of a trend cycle and see things from our own lifetime come back it's easy to be like oh people can't just like cherry pick what they want and like leave the rest and it's like actually they can and we did too we did too i remember times where uh i remember the 80s was really big like where uh, bright colors and like certain things from the 80s was big. And then uh, like boho 70s was big in high school mm-hmm. for a second. And it's, it's, it's all cyclical. That's why I find it so funny because you never think it's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And then it does. And people are wearing things that like you think are so out of touch, but they think it's really cool. And you're kind of like, oh, that is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, Chris and I, we have this, like, new, um, we have this website, and we're just, like, we're kind of putting stuff on it that we wanted when we were kids. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I wanted those Jankos. Like, I want those big pants. I want, like, the, the like, the jelly shoes or, like, or, or something, something clear. It has to be clear. It has to be clear plastic. That's all I want. Oh, yes. Translucent technology yes. and clothing is extremely important to me. Do you, ha- did you have, like, translucent stuff when you were a kid? I had the, I had jellies for sure, yes. like the fisherman style jellies. There was like an icy blue Memorex CD cassette recorder, like boom box, actually. Let me shift my camera so that you can yes. see it. 
There's yes, my boom there box. Yes, there it is. Oh, it's, so yeah, it's so, so nice. I got a boom box because I was just hyper fixating on it and I'm like, I absolutely need this. So then I bought it and now I have somewhere to play my CDs. That's and so right. That has made me very happy. I really want an iMac G3 desktop computer in blueberry or tangerine i wanted that um, in in 2001 yeah i did mm -hmm. <laughs> i still exactly. do yeah first of all i want to say thank you very much for coming on the show it has been so fun chatting with it you it has been fun second of all second of all tell the people where they can find you but third of all oh, tell God. the people more about how they can find your new store too yay okay yes okay uh well by the way, my name is Nora, Nora Woods. Uh, you can find me um, at the Nora Woods, N-O-R-A-W-O-O-D-S, on Instagram and Twitter. On tw TikTok, I am at Plum Bun because I am a musician. I have music coming out soon. I have a bunch of singles. You can find me on, on anything. So at Plum Bun, P-L-U-M-B-U-N, like a bun full of plums. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my husband and I, well, actually my husband, I'm just helping. My husband has created this incredible new uh, store. It's an online store. It's called Y2K.com. And it's going to be all your favorite, oh, that, that Y2K stuff. Late 90s, okay, 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, fun stuff, clothes, accessories, things like that. We're both working on it. We're both behind it. Um, and we're both really, um, we're trying to make it into a big, um, we want bespoke stuff. We want people to feature actual created things. So yeah, Y2K, it's, uh, the letter Y, T-O-O-K-A-Y.com. <laughs> and that's, that's Yay. me. I'm sorry. That took forever. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm like, the people need to know this because this is very important. And whenever I'm posting anything about little thrifting adventures that I take myself on. I love going in and seeing the stores that have this Y2K stuff and 2000 wow. stuff. And it's incredible. you know what? Some of the people that own these stores are like 23 and 24. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Good for you. But you don't know what it was like. You don't, you don't know, know what, what it was, was like. like. You don't know what it was like to have a cami and then a t-shirt and then a sweatshirt. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you need, you need to feel it. Yeah, I'm I like agree. that. Um, I'm like that meme where it's uh, the sound of music where she's uh, playing the guitar and they're like all the kids sitting around. Like that's how I feel. I'm like gather around everybody. Yes. Let me tell you about the early 2000s. They were. Yeah, you are that person, Nicole. You were like you were like the, <laughs> the shepherd, the uh, I don't know, the siren song of Y two K. Like you just need to let everyone know what's up. You gotta know what's up. I, I love history. You know, that's I'm right. A historian. <laughs> I love awesome. It. Thank you again. Thank you everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. That's a wrap for this week. If you like Nostalgia, connect with me on social at Nicole Tremaglio. Subscribe to the Nostalgia newsletter at nostalgia.substack.com and follow, rate, and review on your platform of choice. Everything's linked in the show notes, including where to find out more about our guest of the week. Thank you so, so much for your support. And that was this week's episode of Nostalgia. Nostalgia.